Well, I'm super excited about this new series we're starting this morning called Patterns. Oh, everybody say Patterns. You're looking at me like, what in the world? Patterns. You know, if you look at that screen for long enough, I mean, you'll get hypnotized, right? And you'll, I'll just snap my fingers and you'll talk like a dog, bark like a dog. And I'll snap my fingers again. And you'll forget everything that you did during that time. I'm just kidding. We're excited about this series that we're starting today called Patterns. And let's just start with a little question here today. I need 100% audience participation. Raise your hand today if you're here and you say you are a person that is a very spontaneous kind of a person. Raise your hand. Like you just like to just fly by the seat of your pants. You might just get a whim and just decide I'm going on a trip. Or maybe when it's time to eat, you're like, man, let's go try something new we've never done before. You order crazy stuff off the menu or whatever. If you're a real spontaneous person, raise your hand hand really high so I can see it here today. Okay, put them down. How many of you would raise your hand this morning and you would say, I'm not very spontaneous at all. In fact, I'm a very predictable person. Raise your hand. Anybody all over the room? Those of you that have been around here at LifeGate for very long, you know me. I am an incredibly predictable person. You already know what I'm going to do before I do it. In fact, every Sunday, you know I'm going to say, well, good morning, LifeGate. I mean, because that's just the way that I am very predictable when it comes to eating. Like, I have the same restaurants that I like to go to. You can always know that on Monday at lunch, you're going to find me at Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A gives half price to pastors on Mondays. Hallelujah. Come on, God invented Chick-fil-A. I'm just saying, you know, I'm going to be at Chick-fil-A on Mondays. You know, I'm going to be at Whataburger on Tuesday. You know, I'm going to be at Mojo's on Wednesdays. I'm telling you, it's just chicken, cheeseburgers, and burritos for me. That is my life. I'm just saying... And I'm just incredibly predictable, and some of you are like that too, you're pretty predictable. And some of you are very spontaneous type of people. But here's what I know about every single one of us, that when it comes to this time of the year, we can be incredibly predictable. Because every year is the same thing, isn't it? Every year, oh, this year is going to be like no other year. This is the year, man. I'm going to start that diet. I'm going to lose that weight. I'm going to whatever it is this year. And every year at the beginning of the year, year, man, we buy the cute little workout outfit, and we go out, get the membership to the gym, and on the first part of January, the gym is full, and everyone's there, and we fill up the closet, you know, the pantry at the house with gluten-free, and with fat-free, and with carb-free, and with taste-free, you know what I'm talking about? And I mean, it's, and, and it's the same thing every year, but by the end of January, we're sitting on the couch with our bowl of bluebell ice cream, just like we were before January came. How many know what I'm talking about? It's predictable. In fact, I, I, we're so predictable. I came across these statistics that just tell us kind of how predictable that we are at the new year. Studies have shown that by the end of January, by January 31st, 40%, everybody say 40%. of all New Year's resolutions would be broken. So I'm just, I'm telling you, bad news today. Those of you made all those cute little resolutions or whatever, by January 31st, you've got 20 more days from today and all those things will be broken. And some of you are like, no, I'm going to do better than that. This is going to be the year. I'm going to do it. Well, let me just, I know you came to be encouraged, but I'm not going to encourage you this morning. I'm just going to tell you by February 14th, by Valentine's Day, 70% of all New Year's resolutions have been broken. Some of you are going, Valentine's Day? I mean, it's only eight, nine days into the year and I've already broken mine, you know? And I came across another one from the University of Scranton that gave some research that suggests that only 8% of people actually achieve their New Year's goals. 8%. Think about that for a minute. That means 92% of us make goals and then we break and we make resolutions and then we break them and we are incredibly predictable. 
In fact, I think this might have been what Paul was talking about in Romans chapter 7 and verse number 18. Look at this powerful passage of Scripture. I think that we will see ourselves in this in so many ways. He says, and I know that nothing good lives in me. That is my sinful nature. I want to do what is right, but I can't. And I want to do what is good, but I don't. And I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Anybody relate to that? He says, but what do I, but, but what if I do what I want to do and I'm not really doing it? I'm not the one doing wrong. It is the sin living in me that does it. For I have discovered this principle or this pattern of life that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. For I love God's law with all my heart, but there is an Another power that is at work within me. It's a war within my mind. This power makes me a slave. Everybody say slave. Makes me a slave to sin that is still in me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. How many can relate to that today? Like Paul goes, hey, I know what I want to do, but it seems like I just can't do it. And I know I want to do good stuff, but I wind up doing bad stuff. And I know I don't want to do bad stuff, but I wind up doing it anyway. And there's something happening in me. It's a pattern that every year I decide, man, I want to be a better dad. Or every year I decide I want to be a better a better husband. Or I want to do better with my weight. Or I want to exercise more. Or do better with my finances. And we have all of these goals and we start out doing pretty good and we do good for a day or two or 10 days or a week or even a few months if we've done really good. But the pattern is the same over and over. It's a predictable pattern that what I want to do, I don't do. And what I don't want to do, I do. And we wind up just feeling like Paul saying, man, it's so predictable and I just feel miserable. In fact, I've seen this so many times as a pastor. I don't know if you know, but I've been, I've been a pastor now for about 15 years. Before that, I was a youth pastor. I've been in full-time ministry 20 years. I grew up in church. My parents were pastors. My grandpa's a pastor. And I have seen it, the same pattern, so predictable, over and over and over all of my life. I see it every single year. People come to church. Oh, it's a new year. Got to get to church. And I mean, the first Sunday of the year is packed. You're bringing in chairs. You're seeing people you ain't seen since Easter. How many know what I'm saying? And you're like, man, and we're starting a new thing and whatever. And man, they're so excited about, about starting the new year off right and doing it all right. And I'm going to get better. And this year is going to be the year and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, January is that way. Maybe February. Then spring break comes. You're like, where'd those people go? You know? I've seen it so many times with people who, you know, addictions, and you preach a sermon like this, and like, man, I'm breaking the addiction, I'm breaking the cycle and the pattern. They come down to the front, and they pray, and they cry, and they do good for a week or two or six or maybe even a year or, or whatever, and then eventually just back into the same, same old patterns. Man, I see it when people come to church. They go, man, I love this church. It's the greatest church in the world, greatest sermon ever, pastor. They're hashtagging good preaching, and I love my church, and everything's good, for a week or two or six, maybe even a year or two years, even three years. But before long, they're at another church and hopping all over the place. And it's a pattern that we have so many times in our lives. And before you start thinking, well, Pastor, you know, you're up there saying you're perfect. and You ain't got all of that stuff going on. Let me just tell you, I'm just as predictable. 
I have the same kind of patterns that I face, I mean, year after year. In fact, every single year, I make the exact same resolution. I'm going to get rid of Diet Coke. Anybody with me on that? And I remember a couple years ago, man, I'm like, I'm quitting cold turkey on the Diet Coke thing. And, man, I, made, I did pretty good. I made it three and a half months with no Diet Cokes, nothing but water. Come on, y'all ought to say, man, give me a hand for something. That was, I mean, three and a half months. And then, like an addict, this is what I do, man. Nobody else is around. I'm like, just one sip. It won't be no big deal. And then suddenly I'm having four Diet Cokes a day. You know what I'm talking about. And for three and a half months, I didn't have one. And then all of a sudden, what am I back into the same old pattern? Couple, a few years ago, I decided, man, I'm going to get in shape. I'm going to work out. I'm going to, man, I'm going to P90X. Anybody ever seen P90X on the late night TV commercials? And man, I, most people don't make it past the first week. I made it past the first month, the second month, the third month. Three and a half years, I'm telling you, P90X every morning or every afternoon, six days a week. And then about six months ago, I'm like, man, I don't want to work out. I'd rather just sit on this couch and eat this ice cream. You know what I'm saying? And after three and a half years, what happened? Back into the same old pattern. I got some doubts and some fears and some insecurities and some things that for about three and a half minutes, I think I've gotten past them. And then I'm back in that same pattern. And many of you live your life just like that. It's the same cycles, the same patterns, the same thing year after year, over and over and over and over again. And you can't seem to break free from the pattern. You might say, well, why are we like this, Pastor? I mean, I know that it's true. I see it in my own life. I've seen it in others' lives. And why is it that we are this way? Well, I think the Scripture kind of kind of spells it out for us a little bit in this powerful passage in the book of James. In fact, if you have your Bibles this morning, why don't you open them up or you can open up your Bible app or your LifeGate app to James chapter 1 and verse number 14. And I think James kind of speaks to this pattern and kind of why we are this way. And he actually gives us kind of the pattern for sin and the pattern for temptation right here in this passage, verse number 14. Let's read it together. It says, temptation comes from our own desires. Everybody say own desires our own desires which entice us and drag us away these desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow it gives birth to death right here in this in these couple of verses in this passage James teaches us the pattern of this sinful life it teaches us the way that the enemy comes at us and it's a pattern that happens the same way in fact they're really kind of four parts to the pattern they all start with the same letter I made it easy for you so you could remember and you might want to write these down if you're taking notes the first one is it starts with desire. Everybody say desire. Desire. Starts with desire. In fact, if you're taking notes, you might write this down, that temptation is an inside job. It all starts right inside here. It starts with what's happening inside of us. James said it like this in verse 14. Temptation comes from our what? From our own desires which entice us and drag us away. Here's the pattern that the enemy uses against us. He starts with our own desires. It's an inside job. It starts with what is already inside of us. And it might actually even be a legitimate desire. In fact, I like the way that Rick Warren kind 
Carolina describes it. He says that temptation happens when it is often a fulfillment of a legitimate desire in a wrong way or at a wrong time. So here's the deal, is that the enemy will come against us and he'll start with a desire that might actually even be a legitimate desire. Like, for example, maybe it's the desire to have fun. How many of you like to have fun? Come on, everybody likes to have fun. Everybody should be able to have fun, right? Right? You should be able to have fun. I believe God wants us to be able to have fun after the work is done and responsibilities are taken care of. We should be able to take fun, have fun. And that is a legitimate desire. But here's how temptation works. The enemy will come in and take a legitimate desire, like the desire to have fun, and he will twist it and pervert it and try to get us to fulfill it at the wrong time or in the wrong way. So, hey, we got this desire to have fun, and we want to have fun. Everybody needs to have fun. And here's what the enemy will do. Hey, you need to have a little bit of fun. Hey, you don't need to get a job. You just need to sit around and play Xbox all day because you deserve to have fun. That's a legitimate desire. Hey, 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 you you need to have fun. God would want you to have fun. So, hey, just go to the lake every weekend. Now, nothing wrong with going to the lake, but what about when you're going to the lake every single weekend, spending money that you don't have, going into debt to have this legitimate desire of fun fulfilled in a illegitimate way? Come on, y'all tracking with me? Like, well, you deserve to have fun. Just go out to the bar and hang out. You don't have to drink. You don't have to do nothing. There's all kinds of no good stuff happening there. But hey, you just need to have fun. That's a legitimate desire fulfilled in an illegitimate way at the wrong time or in the wrong way. Let's take this for example. Maybe it's a sexual desire. How many know that sexual desire is a legitimate desire? God made us that way. He wired us that way. Some of you are like, you can't talk like that in church. Yeah, you can. I mean, read the Bible. What did God say to Adam and Eve? He said, be fruitful and multiply. I'm not sure if you don't know what that song about, but I'll tell you, I'll give you an education what that song about. Right? And, and it's, a, it's a legitimate thing that God put inside of us to have this desire for sexual relationships. And the truth is that when we do that inside of the boundaries in which God created it to be done, a one man, one woman, united together, committed to one another in marriage for life, right? Then it's a legitimate desire fulfilled in a, in a legitimate way. But here's how the enemy, he does it. It's a pattern he uses every single time. He'll take a legitimate desire and try to get us to fulfill it in an illegitimate way. Like, yeah, you're a man and all men have sexual desires and you just need your your needs to be fulfilled and your wife's not fulfilling them, so you need to fulfill them some other way. Or why would you wait till you get married? I mean, everybody knows this is 2016. Everybody knows, man, that's old-fashioned stuff. And you got to, hey, just move in together and just try it before you buy it. Kick the tires and light the fires and see if there's really anything really there. Because how are you going to know until you try it out and just test it out? Or, hey, it's just, you know, I mean, it's just something on the Internet. It's just pictures not hurting anybody. And here's the deal is that, that the enemy tries to take this legitimate desire that's inside of us and twist it and try to get us to fulfill it in an illegitimate way. And it's a pattern that's the same every single time. It starts with desire. So everybody say desire. Desire. But it doesn't stay with desire. What does it move on to? Well, it moves on to deception. Everybody say deception. Look what James says in verse 14. Temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us 
away. You know, this word entice is actually a fisherman's term, and it actually meant to lure away or to bait, like a bait and switch. Any fishermen in the house? We got any fishermen like to go fishing? You know that if you're going fishing, I'm not much of a fisherman. I prefer golf, but I know this about fishing. I know that if you're going to try to catch catfish, you don't use trout bait. If you're going to try to catch trout, you don't use catfish bait. You got to use the right kind of bait to catch the fish that you're trying to catch, right? And here's what the scripture says, that, that this is how the enemy will do. He knows exactly what bait you need in order to get you to do what you shouldn't be doing. Doesn't he? And the truth is, we're not dumb. We know what it is, too. And it baits us every single time. And we just keep nibbling on it, thinking it's not going to get us. And then we wonder why we get hooked back into that same pattern over and over. And here's what he does. He starts with our own desire and he drags us in. He lures us in. He makes it so enticing and it looks so sweet and it looks so good. And he deceives us until we move to that next step in the pattern. And that is disobedience. Everybody say disobedience. See, this is what, this is what uh, the scripture says in James chapter 15. These desires then give birth to sinful actions. It starts with the desire, and then it's a deception. And then we start going, well, you know, I, I, we did it, and we messed up. I didn't want to look at the website, but I did. And I didn't want to yell at the kids, but I did it anyway. And I didn't want to eat that, but there it was, and it looked so good. And I just wanted it, and I took it, took it anyway. And it starts with this desire that moves into this deception, that moves into this act of of disobedience and then the scripture tells us the final step in the pattern is death everybody say death death that that desire will grow into deception and disobedience and and then it leads to death in verse number 15 it says and when sin is allowed to grow it gives birth to death death to the dreams death to the goals death to the family or the marriage or the health even spiritual even literal death when we allow ourselves to get trapped into the pattern the truth of the matter is, it's not, it's not rocket science. We all know what it is. I mean, you, you've seen it, this same pattern in your life. I've seen this same pattern in my life. It's not, like the, it's not like the devil's super creative or anything. He just comes at us in the same way every single time. Desire, deception, disobedience, death. In fact, if you study through the scripture, you'll see it over and over. I just, I just brought some examples today. Think about Adam and Eve. Where did it start? It started with desire. Hey, look at that tree. Look at that fruit. You can have any other fruit in the, whole, in the whole garden, but that's the one you can't have. Well, that's the one I want. And it starts with desire. Look at the fruit. It's so shiny, and it'll taste good, and it'll be so good. And then the enemy comes into deception and says, Did God really say you couldn't have that? I mean, if God really loved you, he'd want you to have all good things. And it's not really that big a deal. And then what happens? It moves into disobedience. They eat the apple, and then Adam blames the wife. And then what happens? There's death. They're kicked out of the garden no longer able to live forever but now there's death we see it with Samson you remember the story of Samson here's desire man I see this woman over there and she's looking hot and she's a Philistine woman and I know I'm not supposed to have Philistine women and I could have any Israelite woman I want but that's the one I want and he's got this desire in his heart and what happens it begins to begins to grow into deception and the enemy starts saying hey you know you're above the law you're Samson look how strong you are look what you can do and it won't hurt you and it's 
it's no big deal until then it leads to disobedience. And now we find Samson laying it with his head in Delilah's lap and she's cutting his hair at Delilah's beauty shop. You know what I'm talking about? And then what happens? We, it leads to death and there's Samson, the big strong man of God, the big strong man of power. Now his eyes are gouged out and there he is as a slave. And we see this same pattern over and over and over. We see it with David. Here's David. He's the king. He should have been off to war, but here he is. He's up on top of the on top of the palace, and he's looking out, and he sees this woman who is bathing. In fact, that's why her name was Bathsheba. Maybe not. I'm just kidding. She's taking a bath, and he's like, man, I want her. She's good looking. I want that. And what happens? Deception. I'm the king. I can do what I want. I can have anything that I want. Nothing can touch me. And then what happens? Disobedience. Bring her to me. And they sleep together. And then what happens? Death. She gets pregnant. The child is born. The, pregnant, the, 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 the child dies. And, and then he has to kill the husband to cover up his sin. David almost loses his kingdom. And you see the same pattern over and over over and over and over. Desire, deception, disobedience, death. Desire, deception, disobedience, death. Think about it. Think about it in our own lives. Maybe it's a sexual thing. Well, you know, I don't really want to, but I see something that I really, man, and I can't stop looking at it. Oh, it's just, then it's deception. It's just one look and it's just one time and man has his needs, you know, and it'll be okay. And then it's disobedience as we give in to our lust. And then it's death to our marriage. It's death to our intimacy with our spouse or intimacy with God and death death of peace in our life peace is replaced with guilt and fear that we're going to be found out and you see this same pattern over and over come on y'all tracking with me it's desire deception disobedience even death maybe it's an addiction man you know i don't really want to eat that donut but there it is looking all good covered with that ooey gooey goodness and i know i have a new year's resolution but man and then deception comes it's really not a big deal and i'll just eat one yeah right you can't eat just one and then it's disobedience. I know I try to change, but I just got to have one. And then you eat a whole box of Krispy Kremes until it's death to the diet and death to your blood sugar count and death by carbs. How I many you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or I just got to have that. I just got to have that Apple Watch, the desire. I just got to have it. And everybody's got it. And they tell me that if I don't have it, then I'm not going to be happy. And I just got to have it. And that's the deception. Everyone has one. I know I can't afford it, but it's okay. I'll just charge it. And so disobedience comes in. You just pull out the credit card and out goes the budget. Death to the budget and death to you because your spouse kills you. How many know what I'm saying? (laughs) And it's the same pattern. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. Desire leads to deception, leads to disobedience, leads to death. Some of you are here this morning, you're going, man, I see that. I've seen it in my life. Year after year, week after week, day after day, hour after hour, I struggle with this same pattern. Pastor, all right, you told me what it is. I already know what it is, but what in the world do I do about it? You know, I studied really hard, and I tried really hard to just, I mean, to really get deep and just, just tell you what we're going to do with this pattern. And here's, here's what I come up with. Here's what you do. If, if you're struggling with the pattern, here's what you got to do. you got to break it. Everybody say break it. I know some of you are going, oh, well, Pastor, you know, I gave my tithe for that. I mean, I already kind of knew that, you know. 
I mean, if I could break it, I already would have broke it like seven years ago when I made that resolution that I've broken every single year. And if I could do that, I would already do it because I've tried everything and I've done the hypnotherapy and I've done the 10 step program and I've done the cold turkey and the patch and all that stuff. And none of that stuff works for me. If I could break it, I would break it. And maybe even that's what Paul was kind of talking about there in Romans 7. Maybe he was feeling that very same frustration. I've tried to break it, and I can't. I want to do what's good, and I don't. And I don't want to do what's bad, and I do. And I've tried everything to try to break it, and I'm, and I'm miserable. In fact, that's, that's what he says here in Romans chapter 7 and verse 25. He says, oh, what a miserable person I am. Some of you are here today, and that's your life. You feel miserable because you know, hey, you may even be a Christian here today, but you just feel frustrated and miserable because you think, I just can't seem to break free of whatever this thing is, this habit, this addiction, this pattern, whatever it is that is holding me back from all that God wants for me, and I am miserable. And then Paul asks this question, this most important question. Then he says, I am miserable because I can't do what I want to do, and I don't do what I want to do, and I do what I don't want to do. And then look what he says. He says, And who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? See, I think the key to this whole thing is right there in this one little word. It'd be an easy word that we could just actually just skip over it and not even even notice it. But the key word there is who. Everybody say who. See, notice what he says. He doesn't say, what can free me from this life of sin and death? What can free me from this pattern of sin? No, instead, look what he says. He says, who. That's so important because so many of us, we're looking for a what. What can free me? Man, maybe it's, maybe it's that late night infomercial. Maybe it's that quick fix thing. Maybe it's the latest cra- you know, craze or diet or fad. Or maybe it's I can go get hypnotized. Or maybe, hey, it'd be, I'll tell you, it'd be nice if you could just do, you know, just work some Jedi mind tricks. You know what I'm saying? Like stand in the mirror and just go like that and say, you will not eat the donuts. You will eat the cer- cer- uh, celery instead. You know what I'm saying? Like that. But there is no such thing as that. And we're looking for a what, but here's the problem. We've been looking for a what when the only answer is really a who. Who can free me from this life of sin and death? Who can free me from this pattern of sin? And then then Paul answers his own question in verse 25. But thank God the answer is what? Is Jesus Christ our Lord. Here's what you got to know this morning. That there's no what that will free you from the pattern. It's only a who. It's only a person. And it's one person in particular, Jesus Christ. You see, that's the reason that he came to this earth, to set you free, to break you free, to break the pattern of sin and death once and for all. You know, before he came, in order to find forgiveness for your sin, you had to go through all this ritual and routine. It was kind of a pattern in itself. They had a law that they had to keep, and everybody had to, I mean, you had to do it to the letter of the law, and you had to check all these little things off the checklist and make sure you did it just right. And then in order to find forgiveness, they had to get just a perfect lamb, and they had to bring it, and they had to go through this whole pattern and routine and sacrifice this lamb to get forgiveness. And then if you didn't do it right, you had to start all over and do it all over again. And there was just this... This bondage that came from that and everyone broke the law because it's predictable we all do it and it's just and it was the only way to find free forgiveness was just to, to do what the law said and there was one problem with the law the law could actually give you forgiveness but it couldn't give you the power to break the pattern of what was causing you to need forgiveness in the first place 
And that's why Jesus came. He came to break free of those old patterns. He came to not just give us forgiveness for our sin, but to break us free, to give us the power to break free from the pattern of sin and death. In fact, this is what Paul was talking about. This same guy in Romans chapter 7 that says, I can't do what I want to do, and I don't do what I want to do, and I do what I don't want to do. This same guy, later on, he would write in this passage in Ephesians chapter 4 and verse number 22. And look what he says. He says, since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him. In other words, since you just heard what I just told you, that it's not a what, it's a who. Since you know this, now this is what you need to do if you want to break free. Number, verse number 22 says, throw off Everybody say, throw off. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. And instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes and put on. Everybody say, put on. And put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Right here in this passage, Paul tells us what we need to do if we want to break free from the old patterns Two things. In fact, if you're writing notes, if you're taking notes, write these down. The first one is you're going to break free. Everybody say break free. Break free, break free from the old patterns. Verse 22 says you're going to throw off the old sinful nature, the former ways of life. You're going to make a decision today. I'm throwing that off. I'm getting rid of that. In fact, that's what Hebrews 12:2 says. Let us throw off the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race that God has set, by, set before us, that we're going to make a decision today that I'm going to, all those old patterns and all those old ways of life and all that old, old, old habits and old addictions and old stuff, I'm going to start today and I'm going to throw it off. I'm going to put it aside. I'm going to break free from it starting today. In fact, last year about this time, we did an exercise that I challenged you with, and many of you, many of you did that. In fact, last year was your best year because you, because you did some of these things. Some of you I've seen on Facebook, you've been posting that you are doing that again for this year, and I'm going to challenge you to do it. We challenged you to, to just pick one word, just pray and ask the Lord to show you one word, one word for this year. What would God say to you? And we said, just write it down. And then from that one word to just get one scripture that would go along with that one word that would be, that would be the theme verse for your year. And from that one scripture to just, just ask the Lord to show you one thought and then one statement that would drive your year. And we did that together as a church. I did that in my personal life. Many of you did that last year. And I would challenge you to do that again this year. Ask the Lord, what is the one word for this year? What is one, one scripture that would go along with that word? One thought and one, one statement that I could just speak over my life through the year. And so I just prayed and ask the Lord, what is the one word for LifeGate this year? And this year, our one word, if you're ready for this, our one word is freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. Now say it like Braveheart. Freedom. Freedom. Here's our word for the year, guys. I believe that God wants to set some people free. Some of, you, some of you have been Christians for a long time, but you're still bound by some fears. Maybe you're still bound by some habits, some addictions, some stuff that it's patterns. And it's, it's so predictable that you just go back to the same old thing over and over and over. And I'm telling you, this year is going to be the year. This year is going to be different. I believe that God is going to help you to break free, that there's going to be freedom for you, that we're going to gain freedom, but we're not just going to get free, but we're going to help others to get free. And God has given me a, a 
a passage of scripture for this year. It's found in Psalm 119 and verse 45. It says, I will walk in freedom for I have devoted myself to your commands. Here's what the scripture says, that we're going to walk in freedom. I believe some of you today, if you will make the decision, I'm going to throw off the old habits and the old stuff and I'm going to devote myself to God's ways and to his commands that you can walk in a freedom this year like you have never experienced before. And God gave me one thought for this year. And that one thought is that true freedom is not doing what I want, but true freedom is doing what God wants. See, a lot of us, here's what we think, is we think, well, freedom means I can do what I want. I'm free. It's a free country. I'm a free man. I can do whatever I want. And here's what happens. We do whatever we want. And what happens? That desire inside of us leads to then disobedience and death because we think being free is doing what I want. But here's the truth is being free is not doing what you want. It's doing what God wants. And when you devote yourself to say, I'm devoted to God's commands, here's what will happen. You can walk in freedom. And here's our one statement for the year. You ready for this? I don't think you're ready for this. You ready for this? Our one statement for the year is this. On the other side of fear is freedom. Some of you right now, you're bound by some stuff. And the only reason you stay bound by it is because you're afraid. You're afraid to take that step of faith. Maybe, it, maybe it's that one conversation that you're afraid to have and you don't want to have that one hard conversation that maybe on the other side of that is freedom. Maybe it's that one afternoon where you're sitting down with your spouse and saying, this year we're actually really going to get a budget. And you're afraid to do that because you don't really want to know what the finances look like. And maybe on the other side of that fear might be a freedom like you've never experienced before. Maybe some of you, maybe you know you need to get in shape or you know you need to change your eating habits, but you're afraid. You don't even want to stand on the scales because you're afraid what it's going to say. And maybe maybe on the other side of maybe it's a doctor visit. You go to the doctor and you're afraid what they're going to say, but maybe that, that on the other side of that fear is the freedom that God wants you to have. And standing over here is freedom. And he's just over here going, hello from the other side. That one worked better in the 9 o'clock service. You got, hey, you got, I was up all night on Saturday, on Friday night with a new baby. I'm a little delirious, so you got to just laugh. But maybe on the other side of that fear is a freedom that God would want you to experience. And you just start today by saying, I'm going to break free from that old stuff. But then the second thing is, here's what, here's what Paul says. He says, we're we're not just going to break free from the old stuff, but but number two, with God's help, we're going to start some new patterns. Look what he says in verse 23. He says, instead, everybody say instead. That's a key word right there. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes and put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. I think the key word right here is one that we could skip over real easy, but it's so important. Instead, here's what he says. He doesn't just say, hey, he doesn't just say break free from the old stuff. No, he says, don't do the old stuff. Break free from the old stuff and instead do some new stuff. See, here's the reason that most, that most of us make goals and resolutions and all that at the beginning of the year and then we fail is because we just say, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. But we don't put something in its place instead. And the truth is, in order to break free from old stuff, you got to start some new stuff. In order to get rid of old patterns, you got to start some new patterns. In fact, if you're taking notes, you might want to write this down. Old living won't bring new life. Some of you keep living your old living stuff, your old life, and you're wondering why you don't have new life. And the truth is, my dad said it's so many years ago, if you always do what you've always done, you're always going to get what you always got, son, you know? 
And the truth is, if you just keep doing the same thing over, you're going to keep repeating the same patterns over and over and over. But if you'll decide today, I'm going to break free from that stuff. I'm going to step on the other side of my fear and into the freedom that God wants for me. And then some of you, it might be just as simple as this. I know it's not too deep this morning, but it might just be as simple as this. Deciding today, I'm going to replace some of those old patterns with some new patterns. It might be just deciding, hey, I'm making a decision right now on the second Sunday of the year that I'm not going to miss another Sunday the rest of the year. 51 more Sundays. I ain't missing because I'm making a new pattern in my life. Some of you, it might be, hey, today I'm going to decide starting in the morning, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to read my Bible. Even if, it, even if it's just opening up your YouVersion Bible app and reading the verse of the day, if that's the pattern, and you just say, I'm going to do that every single day for the next 300 and whatever days we have left in this year. Maybe some of you would say, hey, I want to go even above and beyond that. I want to read the whole Bible in a year, read the New Testament in a year, read the Old Testament in a year. There's really no excuse because there's about 500 different Bible reading plans right there on your phone, and it's free. For some of you, it might be, man, this year's going to be the year I'm going to get into a life group, or I'm going to get in a men's group or a women's group, or I'm going to go to the Call to Rise men's retreat that's coming up next weekend. I'm going to get rid of the old stuff, and I'm going to replace it with something new. And here's the key. With God's help. You can't do it on your own. If you could do it on your own, you already would have done it. Paul says, with the Spirit's help, I'm going to break free from the old. I'm going to begin the new. I'm going to get rid of the old patterns that lead to sin and death, destruction, guilt, and shame. I'm going to begin some new patterns that lead to life. That's what Jesus said. I came to give life and life to the fullest. And it's predictable. We're all predictable. We do the same thing every year, every day even. It's the same pattern. Desire, that desire leads to deception, leads to disobedience, leads to death. But who can, who can free us from this life? Not what, but who. Not who is Jesus Christ. You can meet him right now. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me all over this room today. Maybe some of you are in this room this morning and you say, you know, I know, Pastor, that I'm not where I need to be in relationship with God. Some of you, even right now, you're miserable. Maybe that's even why you're here today because you've tried everything else, every 10-step program, every special, special thing you could think of and come up with to try to change, and you've tried it all, but none of it's worked. It's because there's not a what that can break you free from the pattern of sin and death. There's only a who, and that who is Jesus Christ. And you're here today, and you have not began a relationship with him. But today, you can find freedom. You can begin a new life. Right here and right now, and it all begins with the relationship with Jesus Christ.